intersection of race and pop culture and seek practical insight for social progress. My name is Trishes. And I'm Andre Henry. And today we have a special guest, Trishna Malik, that we're really excited to talk to today. Trishna and I actually went to college together and we, we ran into each other um, on Friday at the Netflix premiere of Indian matchmaking, which was super fun. Um, Trishna is not only a musical artist, she is a model and an actress. She's been featured in shows on HBO Max and Stars, and she recently landed a feature role on a new TV show called The Sympathizer. Um, and got to work with Robert Downey Jr., which is so exciting. And I know there's a lot of exciting things in the works that you can't talk about yet. But yes. um, Trishna, thank you so much for having, uh, thank you so much for being here. Well, no, yes. And thank you so much for having me, Andre and Trish. And it's just so weird because, again, my name is Trishna. And then there's Trish. So even earlier when Andre was like, Trish, I'm like, what? I'm <laughs> All the people call you Trish as well, for sure. Okay, so some, so yes, my name is Trishna, but there are close people in my family and stuff like that that call me Trish. So yes, sometimes I'm like, what? And then I have to remember your name is Trish as as well. So this sounds like this is going to be a very exciting episode now. Yes. (laughs) There's just Trishes everywhere. Um, Yes. So let's start with a check-in. Trishna, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Um, the weather is amazing. So it makes me want to get up and be motivated. Um, yeah, I'm booked. I'm blessed. I'm healthy. Um, I actually am just like getting back into the swing of things like my routine. I just got back from India like a month and a half ago, which all y'all are probably like, it's a month and a half, Trishna. But it took me a minute to like, get my sleeping back on and kind of get back into the routine of things. So I'm just getting there now. So yeah, I'm good. No, with that kind of time difference, it takes so long. Oh my gosh, um, so long. I, another thing I did not mention about Krishna that's like important to her story and a lot of the work that she does is that she's a transracial, transnational adoptee, which I'm sure is like just a very unique experience that gives you a lot of interesting insights, especially into what we're going to be discussing Absolutely. Today. Um, so when, well, let's, let's go to Andre. Let's hear how Andre is doing. And then I have lots of questions for Trishna. (laughs) Doing pretty good. Um, let's see. Why am I doing good? Let's see. Mm, I don't know. I mean, uh, my single just came out last week, make it to tomorrow. 
getting a lot of good feedback on that. And um, we're going into May, which is Mental Health Awareness. So I think I mentioned last week the EP is almost done, but it's going to, if I'm going to get it done in time for Mental Health Awareness, it's going to take a lot of work this week, which is what I'm up for doing. And other than yeah. that, I'm feeling pretty good. Although I am a little, I'm not going to say sad because I am doing good, but I do have feelings that Harry Belafonte passed today as on mm -hmm. the day that we're recording today. Um, for those who are familiar with Harry Belafonte or are not, you know, he was Jamaican-American man, very involved in the civil rights movement. In fact, the Birmingham campaign, one of the most famous campaigns of the civil rights movement, was partly funded through Harry Belafonte uh, doing fundraising for it. So he was kind of this quiet advocate of civil rights. To some degree, he was also very vocal. He interviewed, he interviewed JFK before Kennedy was president, mm. you know, to grill him about civil rights on TV as well. So mm. just a huge inspiration. And also was at one point one of like the biggest pop stars in the world, if you can believe it, doing Caribbean folk music. Uh, bringing Caribbean folk music to the United States. So we lost a giant. I mean, he was 96 years old, you know, so he did have a very full life. Um, but, you know, rest in peace, Harry, Harry Belafonte, and wishing uh, comfort to his family. Yes. Well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm generally kind of tired. I did a lot of work this weekend. A friend of mine opened a new restaurant um, out in Malibu. So I was out there. Um, all day and other than that same old stuff book stuff music stuff kind of changed up my my music setup and gonna be finishing up a few songs this week um yeah everything's pretty good out here i um had a great time on friday i so i showed up to the indian matchmaking premiere at I guess they call it to doom theater and I didn't know anyone um but I go to events all the time where I don't know anyone and then like maybe like 10 minutes after walking in that's when I saw Trishna and I was like oh my god hi <laughs> and, and I don't think she she didn't recognize me which is fine no. because, <laughs> I didn't we didn't like know each other um but anyways that was another highlight of my week was um getting to go to that premiere because so we got to have a great conversation um not only about the premiere but after after we saw the first episode of season three there was um a Q&A with the creator of Indian matchmaking Simriti Mudra and we had a lot of thoughts on it. So today, that's what we're going to be discussing. We're going to be discussing Indian matchmaking and accountability in South Asian media. We will be right back after this song by Andre Henry. It's a song by you, right? Yeah, it was definitely going to be one of mine. <laughs> Dog, I've been fighting for tomorrow. Gotta make it to tomorrow. Welcome back from the break. You just heard my new single, Make It to Tomorrow. 
Okay, so let's get into it today and talk about the event, the show, uh, Indian Matchmaking, which I was so sad that I couldn't go with you, Trish. Trish did invite me to go to see the screening, but I think... I don't know what happened, actually. I think I think I think I messed it up, honestly. I think I waited. I think I snoozed for three minutes and I lost, as the saying goes. So they, um, just, they were just yeah. like the event is full. And I was like, okay. Um, that, it, it happened so fast. And for yeah. those watching this, like on Patreon, yes, I am eating. <laughs> you know. I have honey roasted cashews in my house and I can't stop. Anyway. So um, um, I watched the first episode of Indian Matchmaking. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Hit me. Yeah. So Indian Matchmaking is a show on Netflix, and it basically follows a matchmaker, Seema from Mumbai, and she meets with different single um, Indian people and Indian diaspora looking for a life partner. And the show has come under some criticism because it does not feature queer people and also because of the way it treats the element of caste in the show and after the premiere that we saw um in the Q&A with Simriti she was asked a question by an audience member about how she feels that the show should deal with this criticism and how the show should deal with the issues of queerness and caste. And afterwards, Trishna and I had a great conversation about this. Um, I, I'm sorry, I just could not keep my mouth shut. Like right after it, I like looked at Trish and I was just like, I'm sorry, am I the only one? Did I not say that? I was like, am I not the only one? But like, I'm sorry, I was not cool with some of these answers. Like I just felt like it was brushed over and just kind of like, I feel like it, like, again, we said it was like kind of rehearsed. Um, and again, it's probably because like they're, you know, asked, she's asked these questions probably every single panel. Um, so yeah, I just was feeling a certain type of way. And I'm glad that I spoke and I said something to Trish and um, our other friend that was there with Sammy too. And I'm glad I kind of said it because then we kind of started into that, this conversation about things like the rest of the time, actually. So um, keep going, Trish. Sorry. But yeah. yeah. Well, basically her answer to the question about queer representation was Seema does not have queer people in her catalog. So who would she pair them up with? And we were like, that's literally her job. Like, why yeah. doesn't she find some? And then the second thing with the question of cast, she was like, well, we are just trying to put a mirror up to this culture and hopefully change can spur from that mirror, which I thought was such a cop out. Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts on on both of those subjects. So on her answer to, to the treatment of queerness in the show and the treatment of caste in the show. Me or Andre? Oh, you. Oh, definitely you. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure. Okay, so first off, we'll start with the LGBTQ plus community. First off, there. let me first off say, there was a lot of LGBTQ plus um, community there at the event. And even the person asking of that question was a queer person as well. So um, I felt like 
the answer, like you said, was a little bit of a cop out and just like, but that's your job is to match is matchmaking. And I feel like, especially with South Asian Indians, where people exist. And, and I think actually, I want to start, let me go back for a second. I think her um, answer was, well, it's not really open and stuff like that in India. So that's why we're not putting on the show. Trish, is that how she kind of said it was like, they're not putting queer people and doing the matchmaking for that the LGBTQ plus community because, well, it's not really as big in India. But I also want to say, but it's big here in our in our country. And I feel like it would be such a big moment for the LGBTQ plus to have that. And I'm and again, like the, you know, her answer was, well, you know, it's I don't have a catalog for it, but that's your job. Like you said, that's your job. You can make a catalog. You guys can, you have, you're on season three. Yes. You are on season three. You have the power to change this and to show that queer people exist. They're here. They're not going anywhere. And, and it could be, ah, it could be such a powerful thing to have this on a powerful. I'm just like, I don't know. I just like was kind of disappointed in her, in her answers. Yeah. This sounds familiar, like from a different vector, like anytime I've had this conversation in an organization, like, why do you have any black leaders? Right. Basically, the answer is like, uh, you know, like, we don't really know anyone, you know, <laughs> it's like, that's not an answer, that's you know, not a because good, that's not, yeah. but that was all, it's no, not an it's answer not. because, because we exist. So it's like. <laughs> Well, you know, did you check her... LinkedIn? Did you check Indeed? <laughs> you know, and so like in this in, in, in this have scenario, have you ever tried talking like... to a black person? Also, <laughs> yes, exactly. also it's like have a casting. What a novel concept! They could have a casting for it. They have a casting for the cisgendered people as well. So why can't you have a casting and see how many you know LGBTQ plus people come out? South Asians come out. I guarantee you, there would be a lot. I'm telling you right now, I do. There would be a lot. And it would be so powerful. Absolutely. And to your... Yeah. The idea that, oh, it's not really accepted in India, so we don't want to do it. It's like, that doesn't mean there aren't queer people in India. (laughs) Just because that's like part of the responsibility of an artist, right? Is like, just because something might not be socially accepted doesn't mean that it's not present and doesn't exist and doesn't need to be represented. Um, and that, that's such a, it's such a, like, such like a white moderate thing to say, like to me that it was reminiscent of a lot. The answers were reminiscent of white feminism to me for sure, especially when she, um, when she was speaking about caste and she was saying, you know, we're just trying to be a mirror, but we, um, but we, we really need like this, like the South Asian representation I've seen like really often, um, on my experience in TikTok and in, um, and now seeing this in the South Asian media that people, um, will deny accountability for the sake of representation. Mm. And I, that's something that's similar to like white feminism. When you like call out a 
a self-proclaimed feminist when they're not being intersectional, people will come at you for saying, well, you're being divisive. And what we really need is unity. And that is like the vibe I got was that people were just like, we need South Asian representation. So it doesn't matter if we're doing harm at the same time. Mm. And it's like, you can address the harm that people, that creators are doing while still wanting representation and presenting those things as, as mutually exclusive is cringy it's just bad yeah just well also it's it's season three so it's not like you know what i mean like you have an opportunity here you obviously you have your foot in the door so what is the risk here you know and the answer that well it's not popular in india is like okay i watched episode one y'all are in england so and they were in new york at one point too so it's like yeah There are queer people there, and I'm sh- and speaking of a city like New York City, like there's no problem, you know, um, finding uh, finding queer folks in in New York, and I'm I'm sure that the the bulk of your audience is probably watching from the you know those kinds of locales that you're going to anyway. So it, re- it really does like you know reek of that unity fetish, as one writer once wrote about it, and I'm stealing that phrase forever. You know, that, mm. oh, well, it's divisive for us to talk about, for, for you to bring um, accountability into it. These, these are completely unacceptable answers. But I'm really interested in the cast, um, you know, issue that yeah. y'all have brought up. Um, I know very little about cast in general. I started reading Isabel Wilkerson's book and did not finish it. Um, so that's about as much about cast as I know. So... Um, what could you say more about what is problematic about this? And were you surprised to that this was a part of the the dating criteria that they were asking when y'all saw the show? You want to go, Trish, or do you want me? <laughs> so I would love I would I would love to hear Trishna's thoughts on this because I am not familiar with cast. Like we were talking about this that um I I just truly identify as Caribbean. Right. Like my my culture is Caribbean. I have I don't have a clue. So I do have South Asian heritage, but like generations back. Um, so I truly have no clue what caste my family was from. Right. Probably a low one because they they went to Trinidad to replace slaves. Um so I I didn't even pick up on it in season one mm. until I saw people talking right. about it. So would love to hear your relationship with it, your perspective. On so it. let me start from the beginning a little bit. So I am born in India, but I was adopted to an American, to American parents when I was just a year old. So I was in an orphanage for a year and then, yeah, I was brought over. So I had to learn about Indian, Indian culture just through what I had. Um, and again, as I've gotten older, I've been able to really dive deep into India and India's culture and religion and things like, and things like that, you know, the caste system. And let me also say, um, one reason why, which was put in some of my paperwork that we did get my adoptive parents got about me was my mom and dad were not married and they were from different castes. 
So my mom was supposedly from a lower caste and my father was from a higher caste. They were not married. Um, So they had to, this is what was said. They had to give me up because again, they were not married. And also they came from a different caste system. So let's start like, that's already toxic in my mind is caste systems. Um, Caste systems were put in place way back. um, And that was to kind of put India in the, in its people, like giving them, um, a place in society. So, you know, you have your high, your higher um, caste system, which is the Brahmins, if I'm saying that correctly. And that's like your priests, your teachers. And then there's the merchants. And then there's the, um, I think it's like, like the, like underneath the merchants is like the, I don't, I don't want to know what they exactly call it, but then it gets lower and lower and lower and lower. Um, And again, when you're in a certain caste, you're not supposed to marry outside of your caste system. And this has been a tradition in Indian culture and Hindu culture for, for a century, like for forever. Um, I think now we are in 2023 and I know India is trying to move forward. We're trying to, you know, progress and, and, and change a lot of these toxic traditions. And I know for a fact, again, this didn't happen for me, obviously, because I'm in America and I have American parents, but I do have Indian friends where this affected them when they got married. They're South Asian Indians and they both came from a different caste system. And the way they treated one or the other was, it was very toxic. So to see that, wow. and then to see that in an Indian matchmaking show, I get where we want to show what India is really like and and how um, some of the toxic things in our in our um, in our culture. However, I feel like they can show that, but then there's a way to show it where we where maybe um, she changes that and teaches the couple um, or the person looking for someone mm-hmm. and teaches them like, well, you know, we're in 2023 and that's like an ultra toxic tradition. We can, you know, let's, this is why it's, you know, we need to get, we need to move out of that. This is why you can marry from a different caste system that does a different kind of line of work. That's okay. Yeah. To me, it's a little bit, it's turned into a di- discrimination um, within our community. And we, you know, Trish, we saw that in the Indian matchmaking in the caste system. Um, and again, her response was a little bit of a cop-out, I, I feel like. I mean, again, if you're going to show it, show it, but then also show how we can move forward and change that. And and there, and to me, it didn't come off like they were willing to do that. I hear you two really? saying that, you know, they've missed yes. an opportunity, you know, because you have this platform, you have this media, you can model what could be, you know, not just what is. And that kind of work is so, is so helpful. I mean, in that book, this is an uprising by Paul Engler. They are movement scholars, they're movement builders, they incubate movements. They talk about how like this is very much, you know, speaking of the LGBTQ community, this is partly how we did have a culture shift in our common sense around LGBTQ um issues was literally just showing positive images of LGBTQ people, you know. So I do I, I hear she- what y'all are saying there. She did address that. She was like, some, it, art can express things in so many ways. So there is the, the root of creating like the idealized version, which she said that that's not really what she wanted to do. She wanted to show the reality. But if you're showing a reality and you're making it this like cute rom-com thing and if all of the artistic direction and the music around it is sweet and fun and light you are perpetuating 
the system. Correct. You're not questioning the system with that artistic direction. And so it's not fair to say you are putting a mirror up to something because you are coloring it Mm -hmm. with rose colored glasses. And I think that's really denying, it's really denying the responsibility of an artist. So I did, I watched the rest of season three and she does, Seema addresses it once. There is a, there's a man who says, and I would want someone in a Brahmin cast. Which is, mind you, is the highest cast. So he's like, is the highest one. Yes. And Seema's like, Seema's like, why do you want that? You literally don't know anything about that. And he was like, well, you know, just for the community. Mm. And so she did, she did address it at one point in season three. But I still think that they are afraid of getting their hands dirty. And I feel like that is irresponsible. And maybe even, sorry, even getting their hands dirty, but also scared that they're going to lose viewers. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. But yeah, losing viewers is, is, is kind of like how I felt it no, a little you, bit. You're, you're totally Do you right. think that that's an accurate, do you think that that is a legitimate fear? Like, I don't know what their demographic is and who they're reaching, right? But my assumption would be that, I mean, it's a Netflix show. Like they're probably going to be able to reach a progressive young audience, right? Is this something that you, think that they really need to worry about losing viewership over something like this? Probably. I I have no idea. I would say probably not. But our other, like the other thing we, we questioned was like, maybe this is actually the way that this matchmaker kind of thinks. Like, obviously, after she said that thing about cast, like she doesn't think it should be an issue. But on like regarding queerness, like she could have some internalized homophobia she or outright i don't know because again like her job is to Um, make a catalog and to go out and do and hold auditions for this show and here she's saying well i don't have a catalog for the lgbtq plus community but that's your job and you could have one that's the thing is you could it just feels like you're choosing not to that's how it's coming off yeah right right Yes, it's definitely a choice. And I do notice this a lot with like, even just, even just, uh, I mean, I see this in media, but even just when I'm looking at like, speed dating events, sometimes like for some reason, I notice that some people feel like you have to make queer relationships its own thing, right? So we can't just have like a show where there are all kinds of different relationships represented, right? We have to create a uh, an ultimatum just for queer relationships, which is happening, by the way. If those are, know, for those that. of you who have not seen that, the ultimatum is coming back to back to Netflix, but it is a it's uh, exclusively queer edition. Now, I don't know if that's necessary or not, you know, but I do notice that, and I do think that it is kind of interesting that people kind of have these uh, partitions, right, and the way that yeah. they're thinking about these things. Yeah. Um, the other thing that it had me, the lack of accountability, the other thing it had me think about was the, the hesitance to address anti-Blackness that I've seen in South Asian communities. Now, it's funny because like I am part of the South Asian community, but I'm also 
often feel like I'm looking at it from the outside. Um, and when I have brought up issues of internalized mm-hmm. white supremacy, anti-blackness on social media, etc., I get a lot of pushback from people who go with the whole de- divisive. Um, oh, do you mean pushback um, from, do you mean pushback and- from South Asian Indians? Yeah. Okay. I do. I get a lot of pushback from South Asian um, mm-hmm. women for um, not for being divisive, for not um, having unity, and they'll say things like, "The other communities can um, support one another. Like, why can't you do that?" And I always think it's really interesting because I'm like, because I care about. I care about lots of people. I don't just care about like one one community. Um, and if I see harm, if I see one community enacting, I, I feel like I'm part of so many different communities just because of because of who I am right. and how like mixed I am. Um, and you know, ste- stepping out of just talking about the show, I was curious as to if you've experienced any of that that you've seen any of that sort of like internalized white supremacy, anti-blackness yourself in that community. Um, because, because again, I, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm looking at things from the outside. Me. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I definitely the anti-blackness yeah. and it makes me so upset because first off, India's like history, we had black kings at one point. We actually had um, rulers in India that were black and from Ethiopia and stuff like that. We have a lot, black and brown culture, we actually intersect a lot. And so that's like very um, frustrating for me as an South Asian Indian to see our our people in our community be so anti-black when we um, have worked in and in, in been ruled by, uh, you know, black rulers for, you know, centuries. So there's that. Um, also, I'm sorry. I just lost my lost my train of thought. Wait, what was the question? What was the other question? No, I'm I'm wondering, like. I'm wondering, like, um, what are are there some ways that you have like seen it show up and and how do you think we can start addressing um it. you know and, and again unfortunately we were also then colonized and had european centric you know teachings taught to us you know we were we've only been away from the british for 75 years you know uh, india and indian culture so we unfortunately i feel like that's one of the reasons why also being so anti-black is because of um you know being colonized as well so there's that again, which also then brings in the colorism and issues within our own community and hating on darker skin than the lighter skin. That's a whole situation. Um, how can we change that? Well, I mean, I think doing things like this, but also again, you have a show that's like in three seasons in that we that is so powerful. Everyone's watching. You have a huge South Asian Indian um you know, viewers. And this is a show that could actually address these things, but it's like, they're not, they're not addressing the queerness. They're not addressing um, the caste systems and the toxic stuff. They're not addressing, you know, um, and again, even I, 
I have Indian friends that, you know, they were getting married and the situation with the color of their skin, one was darker than the other. And their family was like, oh, she's too dark. I, she can't be your wife, you know? So, um, that I think again, also, you know, snowballs into anti-blackness and, and darker skin and stuff like that. So, you know, we, we have the opportunities. Um, and I feel like, again, this show definitely could do that. Again, I love the show. I, I, and I want representation for us because again, we don't have it. I want to make sure our viewers know that like, we love, we love, we love our community. We love our culture. We just are talking about some of the things that could change and that could really make us great and really could make us do better. Um, and I just feel like this show could, could definitely do that. And again, you're three seasons in. People will say we have so little representation. We can't cover all of it in one show. Totally. I understand that. But you have a responsibility yes. not to perpetuate it. Like this show can, does not have to be like an activist show, but you still have the responsibility not to be perpetuating harm. And that goes with whatever you're creating. It goes to even if you don't, even if you have the smallest amount of representation, you still have that responsibility and skirting that responsibility is, I just feel morally wrong. Skirting that responsibility because you do not feel like you have that much power is just morally wrong because it is, it's like a climbing up the ladder. It's instead of like tearing down this ladder, you're just trying to climb up it and you're no longer focusing on the people that are below you because you're just thinking, well, I'm still, I'm still in the middle of the ladder. But you've had to climb over the people underneath to do that. Um, and so I, I'm just anticipating people being like, this show can't be everything. And it's like, totally, I understand that. It's a, it's a reality dating Absolutely. show. Absolutely. But it does have a responsibility of not perpetuating. But when harm. people say things like that, like, well, it can't be everything. It sounds like they're saying like you're asking for too much, right? Like, we don't need to create this special category of activist where anytime you do something that uh, counteracts the oppressive common sense that has been set for us, you know, now you have to make that your platform, right? Like now Indian matchmaking needs to put a clenched fist where the dot where the dotted eye should be. Like you don't have to do that, you know. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not too much to ask. You know, it's like Trishna was saying, like you're putting out castings for this, right? Like it's your job as a matchmaker to find single people who are looking to connect with other single people. Mm -hmm. You're doing yeah. it in a place like London. You're doing it like a place in New York City. There are Black people in these places, you know? Um, and, you know, I, I just, I agree with what you're saying, Trish, and I just want to emphasize that, like, we hear these kinds of excuses all the time in all kinds of different sectors of society where people do make that excuse all the time. Well, you know, we can't be comprehensive. We can't be exhaustive, uh, but we need to be, I think some people need to reflect on why it's so easy to be exclusionary. And that is, that is a hard question for a lot of people to broach because mm -hmm. it's a blind spot. When you see that blind spot in yourself, you might be afraid that because of that, if you admit to it, if you confess to it, if you lean into it, then you'll be labeled a racist, right? Like there's no such thing as I accidentally, like people think, I should say, that there's no such thing as I accidentally kind of perpetuated anti-Blackness. They think, oh, like, I'm a, I, I'm a bad person. I did a bad thing. 
and we need to get over that. Yeah, I think that and also also I think having a community identity is is great and beautiful and important. But having a community identity that in western culture has received privileges for not being black. You have a responsibility as a community to not let that definition of community by default perpetuate anti-blackness. Um, yeah, I think sometimes what I see in see people using community as a way to mm -hmm. be exclusionary. And I think um, it's something that we need to be thinking about because community is a good thing, but it can be a bad thing. Like if, you know, um, like when white people in hiring positions are hiring their white friends, not because they're white, but because they're their friends and that's their community. That's like the people that grew up with, right? Sure, you're in in your mind. You could be like, "I'm being a good friend," but you're also perpetuating the structure of white supremacy. And so, I think there's also this thing we need to keep in mind about not using community as a way of harming people outside of community, because I think so often people just think of it as like, "Uh, oh, this is a good thing," or like a woman, like like white women who are in positions of power um feeling like they're being feminist because they're hiring like their their friends and they're like oh but they happen to all be their white mm -hmm. girlfriends right mm -hmm. um so i think it's like the it's it's kind of like with nationalism right like that idea of community can broach some scary dangerous lines Oh, I was literally about to say that, like, it is the, like community is a great thing and it can also be uh, an unhealthy thing, like you said, because that is the essence of fascism, right? Like this comes from an Italian word that literally evokes the image of a bundle of sticks being fastened together to an accident. Mm. And like when you have like when white people start buckling down and being like, yeah, community, you, you know, white community power, like that. <laughs> That doesn't. That is not a comforting. There are no comforting slogans that capture that. That capture that idea. And so we do have to be careful of that. And this, I think, this mm -hmm. raises the issue of consciousness raising. You know, like we we all understand what it means to be part of marginalized communities, but we also have to keep doing the work of raising our own consciousnesses, so that when we do have those positions of power, when we do have those platforms, we don't perpetuate the same harms and systems and stuff that we are fighting against. I think educating our own community on, again, the traditions are great, but some of them can be toxic. And I think it's, we need to shine a light on that, on, on the toxic um, culture, stuff within our culture. And we need to reprogram our minds and also say, it's okay to, you, you can, you need to reprogram yourself out of these traditions. And I know that's hard because a lot of these traditions are that are in the South Asian Indian community have been there for forever since, you know, the dawn, the, the, the day of time. So yeah. um, we have to 
raise our voices and again, hopefully get shows like this, but that can bring awareness to this and reprogram our minds out of our ignorance and, and the things that hurt our, our communities. We need that. To be honest with you, even the, the queer thing, just like, I kind of felt, I felt sad and upset and angry for them because I felt like there was a huge population of LGBTQ plus there that night. You could tell. And again, even the the person that asked the question that was the host, um, she said she even identified as LGBTQ plus. And then the woman yeah. is literally there like, sorry, you know, there's um, there's no catalog for you guys. We don't have a catalog for you guys. Yeah. We can't include sorry, you. You're here and thank everyone. you. Thank you for watching, but we can't include you. That's it's I, I literally sat there and was like, holy crap, like yeah. that really just happened. Um, yeah. 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 I, I really didn't angry and I was literally uncomfortable. I, I, I cringed. Yeah. I was cringing a couple of times there. So if I was, I can imagine other people were too. The, the queer South Asian community to mm -hmm. be showing up and supporting this event and this show and then to essentially yes. be dismissed. Is it's sad. Um, and it, it definitely made me angry. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. We're going to take a short break. We're going to listen to my song called Riled Up. And we will be right back with a culture quiz. Got up in conversation, grown up situation. But I'm just a kid, I can't take it. So let's get riled up. Have a good time. What's on your Welcome back, everyone. You just heard Riled Up by Trish's, and we're going to play the culture quiz, which I still have not done that. I'm going to do that. The, the culture quiz, you know, lots no, of reverb and like, all that kind of stuff. What was the one when it was like the culture quiz? Let's I'm scared to, I'm, <laughs> I'm scared. It, no, this, this is how it goes. It's time for the culture quiz. Oh, right. We were going to, oh, so you it's want, want the like the tour version of it. It's time I for the you. culture quiz. It's time. I got you. Okay. I'm trying We're to make the culture like quiz a... lighter these days. <laughs> okay. What element of Frank Ocean's Coachella performance was scrapped hours before, costing Golden Voice millions of dollars? I did hear that people you know were upset. Hold on. I did hear people I were did. upset with this performance. That's all I know. That's the only thing. That's all I know is that I. Okay. They had an ice skating ring. Okay. They had an ice skating ring. Oh, okay. That they were supposed That's to use. One point and for Andre. At the, and at the last minute, he canceled. He said he wanted. I did he get hurt or something? I think he got hurt. I so they think I heard it. something about that. But it was like the but, Golden oh, Boys wow. is eating like four million dollars for this. Jeez. For this ice ring that was never used. Um, Andre gets a point. All right. <laughs> you win nothing. Um, Do we win an iPad at the end of this? <laughs> okay. Oh gosh. This is multiple choice. Barbie launched a new doll this week. Which of the following did they launch? A. A social media influencer, Barbie. B, B, a Barbie with Down syndrome. 
Point for Trishna. I didn't oh even my god, we can. Oh, was we I can supposed do to wait that? For the I didn't know we could do I, that. <laughs> All right. I, I, <laughs> I let her because she's our guest. Did you know that, Andre? Okay, I did not know that. I did um, not know that. I thought that one of the choices <laughs> was going to be like Confederate Barbie. And I white white nationalist Barbie. <laughs> Comes with a capital white and a bunch of white people stored Barbie. in it. Yeah. <laughs> and General Lee Kent. Yes, you didn't know no. that. Did yes, Y'all didn't hear about that? <laughs> General Lee Kent. I did go through the entire Barbie website. It's going to be a big hit. Okay, so now I know for, for multiple choice, I need to wait till the end. I'm sorry. My bad. Yay. It's fine. You guys each have one point. So this is this next one. This next one is going to be the tiebreaker. Oh. So, whoa. Oh, my gosh. It's all good. It's, all good. It's, just, it's, just, it's just a side table. Everyone, you are, you are listening to the sweet sounds of us getting set up. For um, we're just, we're setting up to do some filming for Mental Health Action Day with MTV, so <laughs> you're gonna hear some banging and stuff in the background. Not to worry. We've we've had a day, listener, dear listener. We've had a day. Um, we have had a day. Okay, this is the tie-breaking question. Which right wing, and whoever says it first gets wins. So you can interrupt me during the question. If Tucker Carlson! Which right-wing <laughs> news personality got fired this week? You already know. I already knew. I've been new. I've known. I was ready. We already know. Trisha when you Barbie. said right-wing personality, I wasn't sure if it was no, considered Barbie or not. I knew. Right when she said right-wing, oh, so I was, I was waiting like, for the whole Carlson. question. I knew. <laughs> Um, Krishna, you've won the culture quiz and you, you don't get, you don't get a single thing. You don't get a single thing except just knowing Bragging in your rights. heart of heart that you, that you did it. I conquered. That you came, you came, you saw you awesome here on the yeah. Open Art Bills podcast. We get well, the privilege of, of commenting under all of my Instagram posts. <laughs> this guy couldn't even win the culture quiz. On his, his own, own show. Quiz, on his own show. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for talking with us today. This was really fun. I'm I, excited to rekindle our friendship like, that never was. And again, for those who don't really know, but like, again, Trish and I went to college. We went to the same college at the same time. We knew of each other, but like we had never really met because I think we hung out with different people. But yeah, she literally just came up to me at the Indian matchmaking event and was like, are you Trishna? And I was like, yes, I am. Who are you? And she's like, I'm Trish. So no, thank you. Thank you for coming up and saying hi and rekindling. Oh thank you guys so much for having me on. Thank you, Andre. You're awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening to our show again. Um, we're going to hand it off to Ross, our producer, and he's going to tell you all the things you need to know about keeping in touch with us and following us and whatever else he says. I think I've said this before. I hope he's not saying anything mean about us <laughs> over there. <laughs> and you'll hear from us next week. <laughs> he's like, that guy, that guy, Andre, doesn't know anything. <laughs> um, bye! Bye! Bye!
Thanks for choosing to listen today. You can catch up with our hosts online. Trish's is at Trish's Music, that's spelled T-R-I-S-H-E-S, music on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Andre is at the Andre Henry on Instagram and TikTok, and at Andre Henry on Twitter. Catch the songs you heard today and more of their music on Spotify. If you'd like to support what we're doing here and see the video of Andre and Trisha's conversation, you can join the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Andre Henry. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.